You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 69, dealing with difficult family members. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, hello. I've got a fun topic for you today, difficult family members. I've been talking to a lot of moms who are dealing with this topic right now. But before we dive in, I want to share a review that I got last week. It's titled Awesome Podcast, and it's from Anna Elia, Mom of Two. She wrote, this podcast is amazing. Please don't stop producing it. It reminds me that I'm not alone facing the many challenges of being a mom and offers so many practical solutions. Just listening to it makes me feel like I can do it and I'm a great mom. Thank you. Oh, thank you. There are so many things I love about this review. First, the fact that you said, please don't stop producing it just really motivates me to keep going. And for you to say that it reminds you you're not alone and that you can do it and you're a great mom, yes, (laughs) this is what the podcast is all about. We all face challenges and that's just part of the deal. Learning how to overcome those challenges is how we grow. So thank you so much for that review. And if the rest of you are getting value from this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other moms and dads can find it and learn the tools to have less drama in their lives too. Today's episode is about overcoming the challenge of dealing with difficult family members. Ideally, the holidays are a time of family togetherness, peace, love, and harmony. And I hope that for you, that's the reality. But for many people, this time of year brings up painful memories, negative emotions, pressure to live up to expectations, and family conflict. Every family has its share of problems and quirks. And most, no matter how dysfunctional, still make a point of getting together for the holidays. Families can bring out the very best and very worst in all of us. It's very common for adults to regress around family and revert to old patterns of behavior. Issues you thought you'd worked through in therapy somehow instantly resurface. You feel defensive and slip into emotional childhood, blaming everyone else for how you feel. And usually there's that one family member. Maybe it's a parent, a sibling, an in-law. Maybe it's your spouse or your child, but there's at least one. Whenever you think about spending time with him or her, you brace yourself for an unpleasant experience. So let's talk about what makes someone difficult. I want you to think about that someone you consider to be a difficult person in your life. What makes him or her difficult? If you're like most people, your answer will sound something like, she just takes everything so personally, or he only thinks about himself, he's so selfish. Or she always says the most inappropriate things at the most inappropriate times. Maybe you think he's so judgmental or she's so negative and complains a lot. 
So you think people are difficult because of what they say or do. But the only thing that makes someone difficult, the only thing that causes you to feel angry or annoyed or bothered when you're around that person is what's happening in your brain. What makes people difficult is that you believe they are. Here's the good news. There's no such thing as difficult people. There are just people. People whose behavior your brain interprets as difficult. There's no blood test or DNA test that proves a person is difficult. So it's not a fact. Even if everyone agrees with you that this person is difficult, it's still not a fact. When you understand this, you'll realize that you're the one creating a lot of unnecessary suffering for yourself. You can't control how another person behaves. You can only control how you think, feel, and behave. Other people are allowed to behave however they want, and you get to decide how you're going to feel. Other people aren't difficult, and no one is powerful enough to create a feeling inside of you. You create your feelings by how you choose to think. If you're new to this podcast, and even if you've heard me talk about this before, I want to review the self-coaching model again. There are circumstances you can't control, and those circumstances are completely neutral until you have a thought about them. Your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings drive your actions, and your actions create your results. Let's say your in-laws come to town for the holidays, and you've asked them not to buy any more stuffed animals for your kids, but they go ahead and buy them anyway. That's the circumstance. So your thought about it is that they don't respect you. And when you think that thought, you feel annoyed and disrespected. So what do you do when you feel annoyed and disrespected? You might roll your eyes when the kids open their presents. You might let out a sigh. You avoid talking to your in-laws the rest of the night because you're so annoyed with them. And the result is that you're not respecting them and you're kind of being difficult. That's what happens a lot when we blame other people for our feelings. We end up mirroring their behavior and acting in similar ways to them that we perceive as difficult. When you can let other people be who they are and stay true to who you are, you'll feel so much better. One thing I've noticed is that the so-called difficult people in my own life are the ones that have helped me grow the most and have taught me the most about myself. I actually consider them to be blessings in my life now. So I want to give you seven tips for getting through the holidays or any time of year with someone you think is difficult. First, plan on this person being exactly like they've always been, and don't be surprised by their behavior. I've had friends say things to me like, can you believe she just ignored me and kept on talking about herself? And I say, yeah, why are you surprised? That's what she always does. Or, I don't know why my child argues with me about bedtime every night. I'm so annoyed. And I'll say, I don't know why you're so annoyed. It happens every night. When you expect things to be different than they are, you are setting yourself up for disappointment and annoyance. I know you want the other person to evolve and grow, but you're the one who gets to grow 
while the other person gets to stay exactly the same. So I want you to imagine this person doing the thing he or she always does, and then shift your focus from how can I get this person to change to how do I want to feel when this person does this? And what do I need to think or believe in order to feel that way? The only reason you want them to behave differently is so you can feel a certain emotion. When you generate that emotion for yourself with your thoughts, you can let go of the need for them to change. Then you want to mentally rehearse those thoughts ahead of time so you don't go down your usual path. Number two is to become an anthropologist. I took this from Richard Carlson's book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and It's All Small Stuff. When you become an anthropologist in your mind, you study humans and human behavior. You become curious rather than judgmental about what others do. So instead of thinking, I can't believe she does that, you think, I wonder why she does that. I wonder what she's thinking and feeling that makes her do that. My coach, Brooke Castillo, suggests watching people as though they're zoo animals. When you go to the zoo, you don't judge the animal's behavior. You're just fascinated by them. You never hear people say, I was so annoyed by that gorilla's behavior. (laughs) I also like to think about watching people as though they're in those older couple interviews in When Harry Met Sally. You can just be amused by people and their idiosyncrasies rather than annoyed and frustrated. Number three, relax your standards. Our culture is obsessed with perfection. Great marketing and media leads us to believe that we'll feel all warm and fuzzy inside as long as we cook the perfect meal, have the perfect decor, select the perfect presents, and cover them in the perfect gift wrap. And we're constantly comparing our experiences to others' smiling family portraits on Facebook and Instagram. The truth is that those photos don't show how the turkey was a little on the dry side or that the presents were wrapped in aluminum foil. They don't show how Uncle Phil got drunk again or that little Susie threw up all over the living room floor. Sometimes the spontaneous and messy parts of a holiday are the most genuine and memorable. Have realistic expectations that there will be some highs and some lows and it's all okay. You'll have great stories to tell for years to come. Number four, be okay with people who aren't okay. I was coaching a mom last week who was so concerned about everyone being happy at the holidays. Not everyone will be happy at the holidays. Kids will feel bored. Adults will feel irritable. Everybody will whine. And that's okay. You're not responsible for their feelings. When you take responsibility for making everyone happy, you make yourself miserable. Let other people feel whatever they choose to feel, and you feel whatever you choose to feel. Number five, know your boundaries. Being okay with other people doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. You can decide ahead of time what you will and won't accept. I was coaching a mom on this last week. She said her father, the grandfather, sometimes loses his temper and swears or says inappropriate things in front of her kids. We talked about what she'll do in that situation. How will she protect herself and her kids? She could get up and leave the room. She could calmly ask her father to step outside for some fresh air. 
Again, it's not about controlling or changing her father, but knowing how she wants to behave in that situation and showing up as that version of herself. Number six, have an exit strategy. If you feel yourself getting frustrated, overwhelmed, or irritable, take a break. Excuse yourself to use the bathroom or take a walk around the block. Take some long, deep breaths and regroup before returning to the family. When you're a guest in someone else's home, you can choose a word, phrase, or signal that you and your spouse or your child can use that's code for, it's time to go. If you're the host and you'd like your guests to leave, you can start cleaning the kitchen. Most people understand that as a sign you're ready to end the evening. And if they don't, just politely thank them for coming and let them know you have to be getting to bed. Finally, number seven, keep the bigger picture in mind. Remember that the holidays only come once a year. They may be awkward or uncomfortable, but you'll get through it. What are the difficult people in your life trying to teach you? And how can you grow through your relationships with them? Try to relax, enjoy yourself, and find something, however small, for which to be grateful. If you want help figuring this out and putting these ideas into practice, whether the person you find difficult is a family member, coworker, friend, or acquaintance, sign up for a free mini session with me and learn about how my coaching program can literally retrain your brain. I know that it takes work to manage your mind when you're around people you find challenging, but it's the most liberating and empowering work you can do. Okay, Mama, I've got a great interview coming up next week for episode 70, so make sure you're subscribed to the show because you won't want to miss it. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.